If those who are two, no, no, three, four, and five, that's it, threes, fours, and fives, if those ages would make their way to the back uh, to be with their teacher today, uh, they'll be ready for you, so... And, and for your lesson. This is, the, this is really the final Sunday that we're, we're having our kindergarten through fifth grade with us. And so we've, I, I would say we've enjoyed you guys. We enjoy you every Sunday, but then you go down for lessons. So are you guys missing lesson time? Have you missed that this month? Okay, one, one person. The rest of you can stay up here with us. Two, okay, I see two of you. Yeah, I saw two of you. Okay, so others not really. Anyway, uh, I... Because this is your last Sunday, I wanted to continue like what we did last week. Now, I, I want to let you know, I'm, I, if you raise your hand, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. There's a couple of them shrunk when I said, oh, I'll have you come up here. I'm not going to have you come up here. I just, a simple answer is what I'm looking for, okay? Who, he, the question is really simple. Who is it we focus a lot on each Sunday morning? Uh, we sing about him. We, uh, we, we talk about him. And, and when it comes to this meal right here, we, we, we remember him. Neil? Jesus? Nailed it. Very good. Um, how about this? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated what we call Easter. It's a holiday, right? Once a year, we celebrate what? What, what, what is it we really, really, really celebrate? Yes, Jesus is risen. Tell me your name. I, I know it. What's your name? Evie. Eva? Huh? Evie. It's Eviana, but you said Evie, right? Okay. It's good. I got her name last week, so I'm still working on it, right? You check me later today. Just come up and say, what's my name? And I'll say, Evie. Okay? That's only her. Okay? The rest of you back off. <laughs> One name at a time. No. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you. Great answer. Great answer. And that's exactly right. Matter of fact, I would challenge us thinking that, that we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today. Are you? Right? And we did last week. And we are going to next week. I say this every Easter. I say, man, we do this all the time. And all those people who just come once a year, you know, they're missing out. Because it really is a celebration in every day. Jesus lives. Jesus lives. Um, chapter 15 is what we dealt with. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you, if you were with us on Easter Sunday. And, uh, but I, and we went back to 14 to finish it up, but I want to finish up 15. We could spend actually more weeks than, than just today and then say we finish up. But, but I want to go back to chapter 15. I remind you of a couple of things. One of the things that's so significant in chapter 15 is this, that Paul has been addressing all kinds of troubles about these Corinthians all through. I mean, you're doing uh, numerous things, and let me correct you, and you have questions, and let me help you along here. But the, the last item that he deals with is resurrection in chapter 15. And the reason he brings it up he says that, that how, he actually asked the question in verse 12, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection? How can some of you say, I, I mean, they're part of the church. How can some of you say that there is no resurrection? And, and so Paul has been dealing with these questions, or with that, I, actually that, that one question of is there a resurrection 
uh, with the Corinthians. First of all, he, he, he really clearly laid out evidence for a resurrection. He said there's been a lot of eyewitnesses. The, the physical evidence, a lot of eyewitnesses. Paul is one, the rest of the apostles, many disciples, and then at one time 500 people saw Jesus. I mean, they walked with him. They spoke with him. They had breakfast with him. And, and so over a period of several weeks, Jesus continued to, to have uh, conversations and, and other things with people. And, and, and so Paul even said, there are many of those people are still around. You could go and talk to them that Jesus lives. Okay? And then the second part, uh, beginning in verse 20, he, he says, another reason for you to believe is because God has done this. It's all been part of God's plan. You see, after God created, uh, Adam came along, you know, part of that creation, and, and he sinned. And along with his sin came death. And so part of God's plan all along, all throughout the Old Testament, we hear about the Messiah, the Savior coming, and Jesus came specifically to bring life. He came and lived in righteousness and gave I mean, he came and conquered death, but his intent and purpose was to bring life to us. He, he came to bring life to those who receive him or are going to follow after Jesus. Simple. That, that's God's whole plan. And now what we are doing is we are anticipating the grand conclusion. Paul also talks about that. When, when resurrection, when death is defeated, that last uh, evil is, is defeated, and, and we're all going to be raised and be with him. Paul's making this point. The verses that I want to look at this morning are verses 29 through 34. We're going to pick up 29, where Paul says a statement he's already made earlier. He, he's making it again. He says, now if there is no resurrection, he goes on. Let's go ahead and read that. Verse 29 says, now if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human, human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink and tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Very key point for Paul. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought, he says, and stop sinning. For sure, for, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. I felt th this is important because Paul obviously continues on with that message. Well, okay, if there is no resurrection, then here are a couple of things. Let me unfold what Paul is saying. And the first, but first of all, let me let me make sure we understand Paul's main message all throughout 15. And that message is this: He emphasizes in this passage that if we don't believe in resurrection, it will definitely affect how we live. If we, if we are, I mean, we could be here and we, you know, hey, we believe in Jesus and we believe he came and told God us good things and, and, and yet calls us to things. 
But if we don't believe in the resurrection, it is going to definitely affect how we live our lives. How we make choices, even make choices in, in what we do today. Paul starts here uh, and, and makes this clear. If there is no resurrection, then the actions of a follower are senseless. If there is no resurrection, then the actions of a follower are senseless. Uh, you know, people act according to what they believe. Just a, a simple, I mean, that's a simple truth. Earlier this week, my truck was running out of gas, a little, little gauge light came on, said, hey, your truck's running out of gas. And so, guess what? I believe that was true. So you know what I did? I got gas. Yeah, I put gas in my truck. I didn't run out of gas because I believe that my truck runs on gas and I put it in there. It's not some deception of the government that just says, man, we're paying all this money out and, and my truck could really run forever. Don't try that because you, you believe like me, you got to put gas in your vehicle. Now, there are some people who, who were believing in resurrection. And, in, and it is a, and really something he says that, that's absurd. Some people were believing in resurrection to the point that they were being baptized on behalf of those who have already died. Which, okay, nowhere in Scripture does that support. Paul even talk about it. No, At no time can anyone be baptized on somebody else's behalf, living or dead, Within the scriptures, uh, there, there's no reason. It, it has to be a personal choice. We know that. It has to be something that you decide. But Paul uses this because this is the, something they're aware of, 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 of people amongst them, that obviously they believe in resurrection because they're ba being baptized on behalf of other people. It's, it's absurd, like I say, and Paul's using it for the example. This is what they believe. I, there's absurdities that go on for us today. I mean, it's other teachings, but, but i, I got to tell you, I've been to a lot of funerals, been, to, been through a lot of funerals of believers and unbelievers, and a predominant conversation that I, I, I would almost be certain I hear about every funeral, funeral service, someone will pipe up and say, well, uh, Aunt Sue is with Uncle Tom now. And, and they're with mom and dad, or they're with their children, or, or all that. And it, it is said, and I understand why, it's, it's, man, that's a comforting thought to say, oh, now they're being reunited with loved ones. And, and that we could say that if they knew Jesus, if they were committed in Christ. But let me tell you what, if, if someone has died and didn't have that relationship with Jesus, there will be no reunions, no gathering together of family. I, just let me speak the truth of what Scripture says. If you're not in Jesus, if you're not Jesus, if, if a loved one dies and they didn't know Jesus, they're headed to hell. Bottom line. So, so how do you carry on a conversation with in the midst of that, I, and, and I have done this before with someone, and, and, and it's very difficult to do around the circumstances, the emotions of a funeral. Uh, You've got to be careful with it. But, but to be able to go up and just say, did they know Jesus? I, 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 did they have that hope in Christ? Did they know Jesus? And, and that's always the, the question I always want to ask. And we can't be saying that. Now, now, Paul has a, another reason that he establishes here, a, a direction for his life and circumstances he went through. In the scripture, he says, man, I, I face death daily. 
I faced death daily. And in and, and, and verse 12, or excuse me, verse 32, he says, If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? And that's exactly what's going on. Matter of fact, you go to 16, verses 8 and 9. In the verses there, uh, you thought, well, where did Paul ever face and, and, and take on wild beasts? Well, chapter 16, 8 and 9, Paul says, man, things are going really good in Ephesus. Does that mean no opposition? No. He said, and there's a lot of op- opposition. Because if, if you're doing great things for kingdom and, and people are beginning to receive, and uh, there's going to be opposition. We've heard that before, right? If, if you're making an impact for kingdom, then there's going to be opposition. And Paul was facing opposition. And in some ways we think, well, maybe that's what Paul was talking about, Met- metaphor. I'm facing all kinds of opposition. Well, he's, we know him to be thrown in jail and other things uh, concerning his faith in Christ. But, but Paul says, man, we're facing, and when he says we, I think it's that leadership. It could be Apollos, but I think predominantly it's those apostles that, that faced all kinds of opposition as they went from city to city or, or as they traveled, they continued to take the gospel. And guess what? The world was a threat to them. And the world uh, persecuted them, and the world martyred uh, pretty much all of them, close to all of them. And was it worth it? You know, if, if Paul says that I go through this with no more than human hopes, that's ridiculous. All that effort. Would I go through all that and, and face death? And, and it really is ridiculous. Matter of fact, if, uh, if, 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 if there is no resurrection, then the alternative to living a sacrificial life is to live a life pursuing our personal needs and, and even our wants. Our desires. He says in verse 32, let us eat and drink and then we die. <laughs> That's basically uh, what life is if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. If there is no resurrection. And, and I, I will emphasize this. Not just that Jesus rose from the dead, but that we are promised resurrection. If there's no hope that we're going to face resurrection, what hope do we have? What hope do we have? Resurrection is foundational. It's foundational to our belief. Why, why is it that Paul waited to chapter 15 to say this? I believe it's because it's one of their greatest problems. If we lack the belief that there is a resurrection to come, it would definitely prevent us from living a life worthy of the Savior that we have in Jesus. Right? It, it absolutely would hinder living a life for Christ. Don't be misled. Verse 30, I I said, man, there's a turning point for Paul. He wants to let the Corinthians know, don't be misled. Don't be listening. Obviously, there are some some people who are influencing or those those amongst who are are believing that there is no resurrection. He said, he, he used actually a Greek proverb. He said, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Don't be misled. Jesus rose from the dead, and those who are like him in his death will be like him in his resurrection as well. So not only Jesus' death, but also the resurrection to come. That's what we believe. Romans 6 is where you find, hey, if we're like him in his death, we'll be like him in his resurrection. I, uh, just a thought came to me, and I'd like to share 
uh, that with you. The, the idea of Jesus. We know that the resurrection was a vindication for Christ, wasn't it? I, I mean, when he was here and he was serving, I mean, he was, he was doing some miracles. And, and the way he spoke made it obvious that he was, he was, Christ. He was, he was the son of God. And, and so as he lived, but there are those who were in total denial and rejected him, had him crucified. His resurrection, on the day he rose, that was a vindication of who he truly is. That, that Jesus Christ is Lord, is it not? When he rose from the dead? But, but I don't think that's the final part of his vindication. His vindication is when death is defeated and you and I are raised to life. Man, that's when Jesus is going to be glorified, absolutely glorified. Every knee bow, every tongue confess. It's not just about Jesus raising from the dead, because we have that promise. And, and, and Jesus is absolutely going to be known as Lord on that day. Therefore, the second point I, I think is so important that Paul is driving home. The truth of resurrection demands action. Uh, if Jesus rose from the dead and if we're anticipating resurrection, it, it calls us to act, act on his behalf. Now, Paul does lay out a, a warning here. He, he lays out an absolute warning. And, and I think the warning is that. Get off the fence. I mean, if you're still toying around with the idea of, of doubts and questions, there's something you could do about that. There's something to sit down and look at the evidence and, and, and talk to someone and, and, and weigh it for yourself and do come to a conclusion. Whether, whether that's part of the Corinthians, but I do believe also part of the Corinthians, there were some who just didn't believe in the resurrection. I, and, and what Paul would say is get rid of those influences. Matter of fact, I, I would absolutely tell you that found, it, it is foundational. If you don't believe in the resurrection, and you're not, you're not going to change your mind, you probably need to go somewhere else. <laughs> you, you, need, you need to be with a fellowship of believers that believes in no resurrection. Sad church, that's too bad. That's exactly where it is. No resurrection, no hope. And, and I do believe there's probably a church out there that you could find that doesn't believe in the resurrection. We absolutely absolutely believe in the resurrection of Jesus and our coming resurrection because of Jesus. Right? We all, okay. Okay, that's important. Uh, don't be deluded by those uh, influences. We, we are called to live a life that reflects the eternity that we're, be, that, that we're given. We have that now working in us. Uh, we are washed from our sins. Matter of fact, in the book, in the, in the um, commentary that I, I, just this quote, sorry I don't have his name. I will give it to you if you want. But his name, uh, what he said was, live as people who not only have a past in Christ, but have a future as well. D live as someone who not only has a past in Christ, but has a future as well. What, not, not what we have today, but what is yet to come. Sometimes we, we just act like, you know, eat, drink, we're going to die. So we fall into that category quite often, but we ought to live as people who have a future in Jesus. Uh, listen, the unbelieving Corinthians, let's go back, just a, a way of reviewing, but, but unbelieving Corinthians are ignorant of God. Matter of fact, if you look in that passage, he says, come back to your senses as you ought. Stop sinning. And he said, for, for there are some of you who are ignorant of God. Uh, 
honestly, those who, who don't believe in resurrection come to that, you know, basically that they are ignorant of God. Ignorant of, is God able to us who believe in the resurrection? Absolutely. No question. Our God spoke the words, creation happened. Our God said, rise, and Jesus rose from the dead. And there, there's a day he's going to call us to rise, and we're going to join him. That, all, all, that's, that's what we believe in God. There are those who are ignorant of God. I believe there's a lot of these Corinthians who are ignorant of God. Overall, why he's on chapter 15 that we're finally addressing resurrection isn't kind of like, well, let's finish off this list, and here's an item here. But maybe Paul knew all along, let's deal with some problems. Hey, there's jealousy and quarreling among you. Do you guys really believe that Jesus rose from the dead and you have a destiny with him to be raised with him and a life eternal with him? Really, are you believing that? Remember, they were called immature. Uh, how about the sexual immorality that was, that was in their midst? And they were even, you know, kind of boasting about it. Hey, we got freedom. Do, were, they, were they really truly believing in the resurrection under those circumstances? Or the way they misused communion? That, that, that somehow this, this celebration became self-centered? Are you kidding me? In light of the resurrection, it shouldn't be. Apathetic. They were apathetic to the needs of other brothers and sisters in Christ. Those who were weaker amongst them. They were just going to go about their freedoms and just kind of roll over everybody else. Because I have the rights. But do they really have the resurrection of Jesus in mind? I, I tell you, I don't think so. Why is 15? Maybe, maybe this will stick in their minds that Jesus has risen from the dead. There is a reason. There's a reason to live a life honoring of the one who died on the cross for us. On, on, on the God who, sent, who so lovingly sent his son into this world to die on our behalf. There's a reason to live for him. Unbelief can be seen in how we live. How we live. Yeah, if there's no growth, no maturity taking place, do we really believe in the resurrection and the transformation that takes place because of Christ living in me and the Holy Spirit that's been given to me? Is there growth? Uh, is there still active sinfulness working in, on in our lives? I, I do look through there and I wonder... And have been challenged about my own life several times as we're looking at the Corinthians. Don't you just love to throw stones at the Corinthians because of how immature and sinful they are? Yeah. It quite often came under conviction. I, I hope so too because that's how we change. That's how we grow. Hope you were with me on that. There is a reason that you stay faithful, faithful to your spouse. There's a reason that you don't commit adultery. It's resurrection. Our Savior lives. There's a reason that, guys, you don't involve, you indulge yourself in pornography. There's a reason for that, and it's because Jesus rose from the dead. He lives for you today. There's a reason that you don't cheat or steal, or, or there's a reason that you don't continue to hold a bitter heart against someone. There's a reason that we learn to be forgiving because Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's, there's a reason why we live different from the world. Are you with me? That, I mean, that is Paul's message to the Corinthians. 
Stop living in this immaturity. Stop living in this sinfulness. Stop living for yourself. The message really always continues to be live for the one who laid his life down for you. Live for the one who through his resurrection, you have the promise of resurrection. You have the promise of resurrection. You have the promise of resurrection. Man, yeah, yeah, we did a little bit of celebrating. Absolutely, absolutely. And, And we could do it in here, but what happens Monday through Saturday, right? Is the woohoo, is the amen happening during the week? Because there's a world around us that doesn't really understand. There's an absurdity of people who believe that, oh, uh, dad's going to heaven to be with mom now, but dad never had an idea about what Jesus, or, or never made that decision for Jesus. There's a lot of people who are making those kind of comments and absolutely wrong in their ideas. They, they believe in resurrection, but did they understand that it only comes through Jesus. Do they understand that it only comes through Jesus? That's what our scripture says. It's only through Christ we have that salvation. If you don't believe in resurrection, you cannot be living a life in Jesus. You cannot be living that life in Jesus. Foundation to what we believe is this resurrection. There's a song. I better take a swig before I do this. There's a song that I grew up with it's a, it's a hymn, and it just came to mind. Uh, let me see if I could. And if, if you know this course, sing it out with me. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. See, it's, it's about today, and it's also about tomorrow. It's about today, it's also about tomorrow. Why do, why do I live differently today? Because he lives. Amen? Amen. Oh, man. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you. Uh, Oh, we, we have to start today just by saying we thank you for Jesus. He is the focus of why we come together. He's the focus of what we talk about. He's the focus of our singing. He is the focus of the communion we're about to share in. Oh, oh Lord, we want him to be the focus of our lives in every day. Not to fail you Monday through Saturday when we're not together. We want to fail you in the midst of working in, in the workplace. We don't want to We don't want to fail you right there in our homes with our families. We don't want to fail you, Lord, when we're in school. We want to live that resurrection by honoring you, Lord, and by sharing the message with others that Jesus lives and we have that promise of resurrection. God, you're good to us and we give you praise. We praise you, Lord, for Jesus, for his death for his burial, and for his resurrection. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.